Uh, <laughs> 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 wow. Uh, you know, we were discussing various corporate writing styles recently, and, you know, it made me think. I'm pretty sure that rules for writing are only for people who can't write. That's pretty much the only reason they exist. Just because, like, other people who fancy themselves uh, good readers or writers, they're subjected to other people who, like, are not good writers, and so they make up all of these rules so that they can uh, make sure that they filter Man. through them. That, that, that sounds like... Uh... What what is it? The whole thing where people think they're better at something than they think they are. Oh, so isn't that? Like, it, oh, 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 Dunning Kruger or whatever. Like, yeah. Yes, writing is for those other people, not for me. I think those I think, rules. I'm a good writer. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so is that is that Dunning Kruger or the Dunning number? Can we just call it DevOps? Is that DevOps culture? Right, but, hold on. <laughs> I want to say I'm going to give you. Here's an example of an AWS writing guide that I was given, and I'm going to read it because I actually think it's good advice. Okay, mm -hmm. this is literally Probably what it says. This sentence has five words. Here are five more words. Five word sentences are fine, but several together become monotonous. Listen to what is happening. The writing is getting boring. This sound of it drones. The ear demands more variety. And then they go on to the second paragraph. Now listen, I vary the sentence length and I create music. Music. The writing sings. It has a pleasant rhythm, a lift, a harmony. I use short sentences and I use sentences of medium length. And I was like, when I read this, I was like, that is good advice, but I probably will never follow it. But yeah, I was like, but yeah. I thought it was like legit. I was like, that's like really is better written, but I will never probably do that. I probably write mostly five word sentences or whatever. I do the wrong thing, whatever it is here. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that I, I need to find a Dr. Spazzo voice and having, having it read that would be great. I think, I think it, it would be, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to ruffle the, uh, the feathers of the DevOps people. So I don't want to be a, a, a personating a Dunning Kruger. But, you know, I, I think maybe you just, at some point, you internalize these rules. And so if you shift to a new place where there's this standard, it becomes like a lot of uh, annoying friction to be like, oh, sure. now I have sure. to like relearn all of this and like write, write, write all this business. Whereas really like, I'm always fucking writing songs in my writing, man. Like just because it doesn't match your Shakespearean <laughs> cadence doesn't mean it's it's uh, not effective. Yes, it's it's a Bob Dylan of DevOps writing over here. Yeah, this reminds me. This is a little pre recommendation. I I read there's an interview with Cool Keith recently, and it's just it's just fantastic. It's it's like one of the only interviews with Cool Keith where I think he actually is talking as himself. And even even though, despite that, halfway through, I kept thinking like, is this a new Cool Keith character? The like, nice. the like debonair, not not debonair, but the the very rational, upfront, honest person. It's, but I don't know. I think I think it might have been real, real cool, Keith, not just like you know Black Elvis or someone else. I will I will pay very close attention as I read that. Then yeah, it's yeah. it's good. It's good. He's he's uh, I you should you'll especially like the part where he talks about why he does so much sci fi and comic stuff. He just really like. He really laces it in to like, I'm a legit MC kind of stuff. And just like, he's got no time for people who are like, you know, you're, you're like a, a, a space person. It just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work out. There's no half ass in that part. But however, however, the sad part was when I got to the end that I'm mean, not sad, but they have like the cool Keith essential albums and there's four of them. And they're all like, they're all, I mean, they're, they're good albums, but they're all very old. Right. So they haven't come up with like a, uh, I don't know. I, I was hoping the author would throw out a new a new album instead of just like. Oh, I have all those. 
Yeah, you see, like it's it. I don't think it has. It doesn't have the the truckers one, right? That one's pretty good. If if it doesn't have that, just I don't have the the Ice Cube uh, the Ice T uh, collaboration. Mm, I forget what that one is. I'm I'm a little I'm a little behind on my Cool Keith Ovoir. Is that how you say it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's you know it's because of you, Matt Ray, that I know about Cool Keith. It's all it's all oh, your responsibility. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's 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 good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh I enjoyed it. Well, you know, it's just a quick follow up. I don't want to I don't want to uh dig too deep into it cuz I have I have some other another exciting email update that I think is even more pressing that that we should get to. But I did thanks to Jordy, I got a, a an invite to Hey, the email right. app. So I've been using it. And, uh, you know, I forwarded all my Gmail to it because really it's not going to do very much for me as far as using it if I don't, right? Like then I'm going to have the ultimate email uh, cure because I will get no email because uh, no one will know about it. But, uh, you know, all right, I, that, I'm going to be concise. There's two things. One, seems good. Like like overall, the idea. Now, I think somewhat we pointed this out. Multiple people pointed this out. It's basically email for people who don't use filters. That's pretty much what's going on here. Now, that said, I'm, I was, I probably won't do this because, um, I got five kids to feed, but you know, like I think the filtering sets they have up are pretty good. And there's, let me see, I think four filters. One filter is like it shows up in your inbox, your inbox. So I guess that's no filter. The other filter is it goes to what they call the feed, which is like for newsletters and things like that. And then the other filter is what they call the paper trail, which is like for receipts and DHL is dropping off a package. Now, for my friends back in America, DHL is a package delivery service. You may not be aware of them. Uh, <laughs> they're everywhere. They're, they're, aren't they? They no are. one uses them here. They like, are, why, they are everywhere. Why, why would I go FedEx, UPS, DHL, way down the list? Yeah. Forget okay. it. Yeah. If, if, if you're expecting to get stickers through DHL, not going to happen. Not available. Not available. <laughs> and so you get that in your, your paper trail. And then the fourth filter is just like, you know, direct to archive. Like you just, it just totally skips. Now the way, the way it, I'm doing air quotes, trains doing the filters is every time you get a new email, you say like thumbs up or thumbs down and then where you want it to go if you want to. And I think those, those are, those are kind of good notions. Right. Like I kind of like those buckets of things. Now, the major problem, there's two major problems. The major problem is so the feed is cool. I subscribe to a lot of newsletters because I am a contemporary person of the Internet. Because uh, you miss RSS. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have that, too. So so basically the feed is if you would imagine an RSS reader that took your emails, your newsletters, and it showed you like the first paragraph of it and you could click to expand it. Right. That's pretty much what the feed is. Sounds interesting. Now, it does have a nice thing like, you know, uh, I know I know you read uh, money stuff. Right, Brandon? I do. Yep, now, I, like I don't I don't know. I don't know what you use on your phone, but every time I've used a mobile app, those the, the Matt Levine's money stuff is very long and the emails and the Outlook thing. And I think the mail app, like it only displays like the first third of it. And then you've got to like click some button to get the entire email for some reason. Which I don't. I complained about that to Javier Saltero once in in uh, in Twitter when he was managing Outlook, and he said something about like you got to use WebKit or I don't know, you know, some kind of. He they probably had to pay thirty percent to Apple and didn't want to protest. But so there's some limitation. <laughs> but 
For some reason, in Hey, it doesn't do that. It'll list Matt Levine's entire email. Now, here comes the problem. You can't, like, once you're in the middle of Matt Levine's thing, you're you're stuck. Like, you got to scroll all the way up or all the way down. There's no way to get out of it. Now, further problem. Maybe there is some way that it figures out how to expire emails. But basically, like, there is no mark as read and not ever see it again. So, like, imagine you wake up and you've got 10 email newsletters, right? And you're like, it's ordered, you know, we're not going to be zero based. It's ordered like one to 10. And you're like, I want to read newsletter four. So you got to scroll all the way down to four. And then the next day time, you're like, I want to read number eight. And you want to scroll all the way down and you go past, you know, number four. It's like, imagine an RSS reader, but none of the things ever disappeared. Uh, so there's no Marcus Red? No, no. Now, no, no. now in the inbox, you mm-hmm. whenever you read something, it goes down below. And I haven't really used the feature of like set aside and stuff like that, but it does. Uh, maybe there's like eternal set aside, but in the feed thing, I haven't found found the option of like you know I'm done with this, archive it. Which I don't know. I assume that's part of their philosophy or something. But right, I think I think well, if there was a way to archive it, I would be a, a kind of a, an enthusiastic user of it. But as it is, it's sort of like it's it's not the opposite of inbox zero. It's like. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of like, you know how in Lovecraft, eventually, like, the the Space Lords come up and, and, and Lovecraft will just be like, I, I don't know how to explain how weird they are to you. They're just like a whole other thing. Just like it's it's of it's of a thing of human comprehension you can't understand and it'll drive you mad. And like that difference between normal reality and the reality of like Brown Jenkins and the witch with corners and stuff, that's the set that's that's zero inbox and then the way that hey manages email. It's just much different. It's yeah. incomprehensible. Well let but let's get to the definitive question. Will mm-hmm. you be paying because are you on the free trial, I assume? I am fourteen will days. Pay, will you be have you decided whether or not you will pay the ninety nine dollars? To continue on, I don't know. I mean, if, if if they had a way to like archive things, I think I might I might pay for it. Now, yeah. listen, I'm about to sound like a jerk here, but also like a hundred dollars <laughs> isn't that much to me. So, like you know, whatever, I'll pay for it. I am I almost did it like just right off the bat because it seemed cool, but then I took some time to look at it and that like the fact that I can't archive things is really weird. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm not feeling that. I I don't know. I well, I, I I was I put you know I was thinking because there was some uh, comments this week about Superhuman as well, which is mm-hmm. like a the you know it's we've talked about that one. It's the one you have to like go through like an onboarding process, and they mm-hmm. have like they make your Gmail really fast. You have to like write a letter, and so what I'm wondering here is like I, I this is a legitimate question here. We'll do a little uh, our friend uh, Scott, what's his name, Professor Galloway, right? It's like I don't know, like is this like a new category of luxury email? It's like just what you said there. It's like there are people that have ninety nine dollars that. Like, yeah, it's fine. I can, you know, it's, it's not going to kill them. And that, yeah. Is it part of, you know, like he would do this whole thing about like, you know, like we're trying to be in a certain crowd by getting a certain email address. Like I actually think Basecamp, their core product falls in this category. Like I've used Basecamp. It's been fine and other things, but it does seem to have this like designers love Basecamp. Ryan was like, whatever, I'll use whatever, you know, Confluence, Basecamp, just send me the link. I don't care. But I think Basecamp for designers is like, no. This is what we use. There's a strong brand alliance. So yeah, yeah. is that what they're going to do? Is like, hey, if they get 10,000 people paying $100 a month, I'm sorry, $100 a year, good business, right? That's a solid business for them. Yeah. And that would, you know, they make good money. And it's like, that doesn't seem inconceivable. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, I think it's uh, th- there, there is that to feel like you know cool, but it is uh, I don't know. I'm always up for like something that is like new in the email world. That isn't just some ridiculous thing. And there's mm-hmm. uh, there's also like, it's just like looks a lot different. That's kind of ridiculous, right? But like you know, mm-hmm. now that I use Outlook and Gmail. Like both of those are like, you know, just a few pixels away from like some Emacs list files. Like they're very like, there's a lot of shit going on in those UIs. The, the compact view and. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then, you know, I have some label that's probably like, you know, Yahoo import and import from pobox.com and import from tenant.edu. I mean, you know, just like nonsense are rolling things around. So there is, uh, I don't know. It's it's sort of appealing in that uh, you know magic of tidying up sense, um, but there's some things that just like it's it's a lot less efficient, right? So like I still have, go back to Gmail to like look through things, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of nice now. The go ahead. I was gonna say and the mobile experience. It's fine. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, but really, like this inability to like archive things is really weird. Like, again, it's like, you know, some sort of like a uh, space blob that's like playing some pan pipes of, of chaos or something. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't get it. Now, but the more important thing I wanted to cover is I discovered, now I, I have said, speaking of archiving, in the Outlook web email interface, which I get to use now at, at uh, VMware, uh, it has inconsistent uh, archiving. You can press the E key. I really have no idea why they chose E for archive because archive ends in E. Now, then again, in Gmail, I don't know why you use a Y. Archai? Because it rhymes? None of it makes sense. Yank. It's, oh, it's Yank. Yank. For <laughs> Fucking Emacs. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. For the kids, it's Yeet. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> is that is that from those people who make pancakes all the time? I don't know where it comes from, but my kids got me saying it. Yeah. So. Uh, anyways, uh, I started, you know, another, a funny thing that the, the, the outlook thing does is every time you want to expand the full email, it insists on opening the desktop application. So I've been using that more. And if you do control E, it works all the time. So just use the desktop application. That's uh, that's where we are with outlook on the web. Use the old desktop, which is sort of distressing. I don't know. I like Gmail. Well, I would say just to, just to close out the, uh, I do want to give him credit to. I don't know. Hey, email. We'll see see what happens if it takes off or not. But I do think the definition of a great launch is. I mean, the Basecamp team has done it right. I mean, just mm. the masterful. I think maybe it's a little bit of luck when they got rejected, but just DHH completely locked and loaded, ready to go. As soon as he got rejected, they must have been sipping champagne when they got that rejection letter. They're like. This is going to be the greatest yeah. way ever to get earned media. In fact, I read their book a long time ago, Rework, and they even talk about it in there, as other people have pointed out, you know, the benefit of having an enemy and how an enemy picking fights and creating controversy is, is a way to, way to get a, an audience. I was, like, I was like, the amount of times this has been discussed and we've fallen tra- uh, into it, you know, we're doing it here. It's uh, so I just, you know, yeah. when you see great launches, when you see people like execute perfection, at least on something. I feel like they should be called out for it. So, like, great. I probably will never sign up for Hey, but I nope. respect. <laughs> I respect the PR game. This has been yeah. fantastic. I mean, he. I think I, I saw a tweet. They said they expected twenty thousand users. Uh, you know, for the first launch month, and they've already hit like two hundred thousand. So, mm. you know, maybe it's a lot of those you know fourteen day free accounts with the the randomized email address. But you know, 
I'm sure some of them are going to be sticky and it's, you know, it's better than uh, a lot of the other launches that are out there. Mm. <laughs> but I think it was funny that this week, because on the heels of all this email discussion this week, I saw that Slack announced Slack Connect. So it's their yeah. attempt to kill email where it's like we should no longer actually send emails to each other. We should connect our slacks together so that we always have channels. Oh, yeah. And then Stuart Butterfield goes through this whole thing about how much more productive channels and Slack are than email, which I think can be I, I would say that is a debatable point <laughs> whether or not one is. Uh, but I do wonder, like, will there be a time where I'm just like, yeah, don't email me. It's like just like, yeah, yeah, just uh, Let's Slack connect, connect me or something or yeah. connect or Slack me or something. I don't know how it would be. Um, well, I mean, we use something similar to that already. Like we have a <laughs> we have a free Slack setup uh, for you know, our customers where you know, we give them a private channel and we throw in a couple of the, you know, su support engineers and stuff. And, and so, um, I, I could totally see using this, uh, you know, especially if you have a, a lot of customers who, um, you have a high touch engagement with them or, you know, you, you want a high touch engagement with them. Um, you know, cause, cause Slack is much more, uh, direct than email. And, you know, a heck of a lot better than Zendesk. Uh, you know, people just throwing tickets into the wind. So um, I I could see myself actually using this one. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, of course, pricing, pricing keeps us on the free Slack stuff. So, you know, <laughs> maybe this but is what, their attempt. This is my question about it, though. I like some of the usage. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that quickly, like, create Slacks and then connect to it, that makes sense. But, like, what I don't understand is... Like, you know, because they have this idea, this limit of 20. And it's like, you know, you obviously yeah, Chef has sure a lot of customers. Temporary, yeah. I know, but it just seems like the whole metaphor of like, why isn't it, why can't it just be easy for me to just like join the Slack? You know, like how we do. We just, we, we put it out there and it's, it's weird. It's, well, today the process yeah. is just very weird. It's just like, hey, I have a Slack account. Why can't I just, like, you just invite me to the Slack channel you want and then boom, I'm just there. And there's no, there's no limit. There's no like, none of this 20 and none of this stuff we have yeah. to configure it's just like oh i'm in the slack with you now well and, and that gets into the weirdness of their pricing and why we're using the free models is because they charge per user mm. and so when when you say like oh i'm gonna onboard this customer and the customer's like well here's 15 people you might talk to it's like shit you know i just picked up forty five thousand dollars in billing for slack right and it's like no thank you you know we that's that's what keeps us on all these free plans is you know anytime you want to like you know, have some sort of, you know, I would pay for storage, but I can't pay per user when I tell companies, oh yeah, just invite anybody you want. And they're like, okay, that'll be, you know, 30 bucks a month or whatever they're, they're charging. And, you know, hopefully they sort that out with the Slack connect thing because, you know, we'll just keep using free channels if we can. Um, but yeah, we would pay. We would definitely pay more. We we pay more than free, but we can't pay what they're asking. You know, it's just especially and and then on the community side, you know, when you're like, okay, we have this open source, you know, community with you know thousands of people, and you want us to charge, you know, fifteen dollars a user per seat, like no way, you know, um, unless wow. you're trying fifteen dollars. That's a hey. lot of value they're bringing to you. <laughs> I mean, we have to. Well, we have like to all assume the incentives, what it, like, like they, say, they, all they, the incentives are just to use Slack as it is. So, right? just use the Slack free as it is. Get find uh, no SSH JJ. Have them set up the uh, the on, anonymous uh, registration. Boom! Anyone can well, get yeah. in. It works. Yeah. It's free. Done. It's perfectly fine, but you know, when you get to 
certain level of volume, you're down to like, you know, three or four days of history. And that kind of defeats the purpose. Um, but they don't have anything in between. And that's, you know, that gets you looking at alternatives. And, you know, I, I'm not, you know, obviously Slack's doing pretty well. Uh, you know, they got the engineering to, to keep trying to kill email. So, uh, you know, more, <laughs> I'm sure they're going to succeed eventually. Um, but yeah, they need to find a better way to price that. You know, is that fifteen dollars? Maybe, maybe that, connect. Is that fifteen dollars a user people. a month? I think it is. It's, wow. We Oof. we priced it out, and it was just like we were going to be spending you know well over a hundred grand for our community, um, per month. Man, I want to see the sales call slides on that one. That's like. <laughs> That is that is like there's some good spreadsheets in there showing you how you're actually saving money by spending that much money, like no, yeah, it, it's just you know I mean we we've told them like we will happily you know find some other means, but you know we just can't do that. No. we can't pay per you know and uh, and you know buying storage at uh, I don't know, um, <laughs> you know cell phone coverage prices might be okay. Uh, but geez, unacceptable. That's what's going on there. But connect, I think it looks awesome. I, I would actually use it if it had, you know, viable pricing. Great. Tune in next week where Matt Ray reviews Slack connect. I like it. <laughs> well, we probably won't get it. So we'll see. We can rename the podcast, the enterprise tool chain, enterprise, <laughs> enterprise, white collar tool chain. Oh, what, what do they call that category? Collaboration. I think collaboration, baby. Yeah, that's right. Collaboration. Love, love some collaboration. Calendaring. Well, I don't know. You know, I, we don't publish the video, but you can see I, I'm a little sweaty. It is. It is a scorching. Let me check what my watch says. Oh, it was a scorching high of 86 degrees Fahrenheit today, fellas, here in Amsterdam. Now I know. I know you're like, oh, how are you dealing with that? That is so hot, so hot. Right now outside, it's supposed to be 79 degrees. Also hot, just man. We're, well, I'm gonna have to start jumping in the canal to uh, cool off. Just stick my head underneath the faucet. It's 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 hot out here. I'm wearing gloves and long johns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for 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 our Celsius loving listeners, it's 10 degrees in my basement. Oh, 10 so, degrees, man! I wish yes. I could get some 10 degrees right now. So yeah. hot. Uh, but I've uh, I've been thinking this is gonna be a problem because you know I've only got uh I've, I've got I've been extended to live here. That was oddly phrased for another year. So I'll be coming back on July 31st, 2021. And I don't know if I, I mean, I might not be able to take it. I might be so uh, attenuated. What's the word? I might be so uh, set on this temperature that when I get back and it's like 110 degrees, I'll just like die. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Are you surviving there, Brandon? <laughs> I am. I'm surviving. It is very hot, but it's it's okay. Yeah. It's going to be very. It's uh. You know what we do? Stay inside. That's yeah, really yeah. Do. That's what I tell no. people. Is like the difference is there's air conditioning in the states, and the houses are built for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas here, it's not. I will say this is the year though. It's uh. You know, just with everyone having to stay indoors. Like I think every everyone walk around the neighborhood. Everyone's like, you know, we're thinking about building a pool. We're thinking about building a pool. Which is everybody just there's just. This, there really is because if you don't want to go to like the public or community pools it's like you just don't want to be outside so yeah so i don't know so i predict a major spike in pole building in the uh in the austin area over the next year that would be nice trampolines that's good stuff absolutely and trampolines 
Well, you know, in our old favorite sector, well, you know, in our old favorite sector uh, in the IT management thing, I, someone found this and, and tweeted it. And I only, wa- I only want to go over to see if I can get some confirmation. But there is, there's a Belgium company named Swiegel. Uh, which has a has a hilarious definition in Urban Dictionary. If you want to look that up, uh, <laughs> and and it looks like it looks like ServiceNow purchased them. Now I went to their website to Swiegel. This is this is a little bit of an exegesis sort of thing, kind of. Now you look at their website. Pretty cool website. It's got some hand drawn things. They're doing configuration management and validation. They mention some CI/CD, and I think they even have one episode of a podcast talking about hybrid cloud. But like, I can't really figure out what's going on there. It, but with the, when the third page of a Google search, you can bring up some GitHub repos that they have. And I think what they do, I forget the name of this in the whole, like, you know, 2017 hipster world of things. But like, I think it's like a configuration sort of store that mm-hmm. like, like if you go through uh, a Jenkins or what have you, whatever the kids are using, you just wired up to this and it'll suck your config to inject down into there. And then it'll do some validation of it to make sure that like, you know, you've got a valid host name and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I think that's what it does. So, and then, and then I think the, the, you know, in Brandon's court, I think the enterprise functionality built on it is that you can do start to do compliance and checking and things like that. And what's really fun when I was digging through their GitHub stuff is they have a lot of inter- integrations for like extracting configuration from like your Cisco router or your service now CMDBs. And there's like aux scripts in there. Super oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and just like, <laughs> so, so it looks like there's some shell scripts. You can suck this stuff out, put it in the Swiegel thing. And, uh, and then you got some config injection and validation for, uh, pipeline building. I guess, I guess for developers. And there's I don't know, a- Matt Ray, have you ever seen this thing? Have you, this seems like your, your wheelhouse. Has it come up in your world or no? Uh, no, it hasn't. And uh, I work for ServiceNow uh, after this call, after taking my kids to school. I'll be back working on ServiceNow integrations. So um, I haven't seen it, but I can see certain folks being excited about this. Like um having something that holds all those variables in one place and gives you some versioning and i guess some compliance checks mm-hmm. around it mm-hmm. um i mean it's like sanitizing your inputs almost i guess uh, every day or... you should sanitize your inputs every day That's matt right. ray well wait a minute yes. i feel i wanted to get your your opinion on this because i feel like you know sometimes you see these different um kind of like i don't know trends emerge so i feel like right now a trend in software startups is to take any enterprise problem that is essentially workflow-based, right? Like identity and access management, config management, help desk, go on and on and on. And yeah. what you do is you just rewrite the, that problem on top of ServiceNow in an effort <laughs> to get ServiceNow to either buy you or you rely on ServiceNow being so widely popular that people will be like, oh, great. I can just, you know, oh, all my ServiceNow skills and I can just customize the workflows. I don't have to learn anything new. So I just, I just, because I see it popping up over and over where it's just like, oh, primarily uh, workflow uh, situation, throw it in service now, try to sell the service now. If not, just build a nice profitable SaaS, SaaS business. So is that what everyone's doing now? Should I be doing that? I don't know if you should do it, but they, that's what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, that, that was, my take was, I was like, wow, this feels pretty, I, 
I, I mean, I guess I could see you possibly using it with other stuff, but it really fits that service now usage and like integration I'm literally working on right now. I was like, I could see somebody trying to strap this into that. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, well, that's it. I, you know, last week we gave away the pitch deck on calendaring. I think the pitch deck now is to pick a very obscure, obscure niche of business problems. Healthcare is always a really good place to start banking, right? Find some weird thing that people need to do, rebuild it on service. Now get all the workflows working and you're ready to go. You either have yourself a nice profitable SaaS business or if ServiceNow has it on the roadmap, maybe they'll come buy it from you. Mm. There you go. Yeah. I love that ServiceNow ecosystem. I think maybe if I was an analyst, I would, uh, well, it wouldn't be any fun because you wouldn't get to go to conferences. Like you, you, would need, you would need to get the benefit of actually going to the, uh, the knowledge conference and, and, and seeing people. But I think you're right. I think, you know, in, in the same way that there's like independent like Apple developers out there who just like do little apps here and there that fit into niches. I, I think you could you could survive in the ServiceNow ecosystem just like doing little little apps here and there. And, and it might even be fun. You could have like, uh, I don't know, Mibs to Yamels. <laughs> yeah <laughs> or something <laughs> yeah yeah i i'm sure there's a vibrant ecosystem around service now just like there is around sap or yeah or lotus notes um i'm not sure it's for me yeah <laughs> but you know like i said i'll go get back to working on that after this call well i think i think so, i think it'd be one of those businesses like the people who like live in bali and do drop shipping right like it yes would just, yeah it would that, just that, be... that part i could get behind yeah i mean i'm 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 with uh i'm with those uh those you know, over 80 COBOL programmers um that's going to be me someday where i'm just going to be like shipping off the code from you know my retirement home and uh you know raking in the big bucks there, on my uh i think there you go <laughs> you 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 do COBOL COBOL scanning COBOL COBOL scanning and uh kind of updating what's in the service now cmdb and i think there I mean, you go you sort of you can make reports for here's here's your your COBOL modernization uh, program you take the Swiggle, uh-huh. you sanitize, you, you hold all your data and your inputs. ServiceNow drops those into the variables of your COBOL scripts. Yeah, I'll, you know, you now, know, you know what we're selling into now? Mainframe TAM. Boom. <laughs> yes, and and you know what? That's like that's like a third of the floor space at at ServiceNow Con. Mm, Mainframe <laughs> and, and and you're keynoting Legacy Conf. That's all I got to yeah. say. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen, brother. We are sponsored this week by StrongDM. Managing your remote team as they work from home? Managing a gazillion SSH keys, database passwords, and Kubernetes certs? Meet StrongDM. Manage and audit access to servers, databases, and Kubernetes clusters, no matter where your employees are. With StrongDM, easily extend your identity provider to manage infrastructure access. Automate onboarding, offboarding, and moving people within roles. Grant temporary access that automatically expires to on-call teams. Admins get full auditability into anything anyone does. When they connect, what queries they run, what commands are typed, it's full visibility into everything. For SSH, RDP, and Kubernetes, that means video replays. For databases, it's a single unified query log across all database management systems. StrongDM is used by companies like Hearst, Peloton, Betterment, Greenhouse, and SoFi to manage access. It's more control and less hassle. StrongDM. Manage and audit remote access to infrastructure. Start your 14-day free trial today at strongdm.com slash SDT, all caps. Again, 
That's strongdm.com slash SDT. And we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show. Well, speaking speaking of the Apple ecosystem, I was eager, eager to talk with y'all because I didn't really follow much of the Apple news. I heard some people talking about it. Now they got they got the ARM chip, but but what what is what is uh, what am I looking forward to here? I almost like I almost thought I realized over the past couple of years I've been treating Apple news kind of like Star Wars movies, where I just like I don't want to see any previews or commentary. I just want to be like I want to enjoy it as a surprise when it comes out, right? And, oh man! And it's just I mean, if I've, if I no, watch all the previews, it's just a letdown. Before we get into the, we'll go into some highlights of the Apple uh, news, but I wanted to ask you this question specifically. Mm. I don't know, because I thought maybe you would know the answer. Like, is there a word for where a company's trying to take well-known English words and they just try to like commandeer them and use them in this awkward way Mm. to convey some point? And the word I would like to, there's many examples of this, but this week it's not ARM, it's Apple Silicon. Oh, Like if you listen to the presentations or the reading, When they're talking about it, they they are now offering Macs with Apple Silicon. Yeah. Or they're building their own Apple Silicon. And I would say no one has ever used this phrase this way ever, right? Like yeah. we would say they're building their own chips. They've got some new processors. At no point would we be like, we're going to call it Silicon. And then no yeah. point would we then repeat over and over again the phrase Apple Silicon, Apple Silicon, yeah. Apple Silicon. But they were saying it in like, I guess this is the part that really amazes me. When you watch the presentations, they truly believe that this phrase is important and very valuable to repeat ad nauseum. <sighs> like, and to the point of as if like we're not like human beings. We're like, this phrase is stupid. No one speaks like this. <laughs> no one has ever walked around. Like I don't say Matt Ray, what kind of silicon are you running on your computer? It's like it doesn't make any sense, but it's but they they've come up with it. So my question, this is long <laughs> preamble too. Is there like a phenomenon with this? Like, I, I can think of some other vendors that do it too, but I'm like, I hate I, it. I want I, it to end. I got a couple of thoughts here. One, uh, the funny thing is the only way I know how to pronounce it is silicone. Like I know that's totally wrong, but like I, I just can't like – it's like nuclear versus – whatever the other one is like i i I don't even know i don't know the right way and the wrong way i just know it's actually different i had the same problem like you want to say silicone which is totally different it's not at the same thing and it's like so one it's just literally hard for your brain to be like wait a minute i have to say it correctly because you use this word so infrequently and would never use this word in casual conversation no but they they have said the other one i just not to pick on apple the other one i was going to throw out as another example is that aws it's builders like the builders are building the application. The builders Not the are developers. Like no, right. No one uses that, right? At AWS, yeah, everyone that writes yeah. code is a builder. And it's like no one. I'd never say. So that, to just to string it all together, if we were using this language, the AWS builders are writing the code on their Macs that have Apple Silicon in it. And it's like, who would ever speak this way? Why Why are these companies forcing this yeah, weird, tortured yeah. language well, on if, us? If, if Amazon starts calling their, their gravitons you know, Amazon, AWS silicone or silicon, then, you know, that's the new thing, you know? So there, there it is. They, then we know this Amazon podcast can, is over. If they do it, this podcast ends if they do it, because even to Get AWS credit, they call it Graviton. Fine. Graviton's fine. It's just a made up word. I, I'm fine with it. We all know what it means. It's a processor. They built themselves. Great. Like, and they could just say Apple chips, the A chip, whatever, well, give it some but, name, but, but they're going to say it, Apple it, silicon. It's like that. 
that Pentium inside kind of marketing, right? They're they're trying to get you to use their branding. And so you, you know, you're like, ooh, does that have, you know, Apple Silicon inside? It's like it's an Apple laptop. What else is it gonna have, right? I, I mean, I I, I I want it to end. I want someone I feel like someone that knows yeah. English well should should point out like this this violates just like we read at the top of the show, some uh, some good guidance on how to write newsletters. I want someone to come back and say Here's the, the the people that know English language, the people that are, are always well, uh, studying this and giving us rules. I want them to identify a rule that outlaws this kind of behavior because I hate but, it. But, but to flip it around, right, they, 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 they want you to know it's not the same as x86 Intel, right? And, right. and they don't want to get into that morass of like, well, does that mean it's AMD or, you know, or, you know, Centaur or something? Like, no, 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 <laughs> we're, we're leaving that behind. And then, then if you say like, well, it's ARM. ARM is like crazy fragmented. Okay, but like, why so, wouldn't so, you just say something like Apple processor, Apple microprocessor, Apple chip? I believe so, any so of these words silicon, are used fairly commonly. You could call it a... It's just like, why? What does it mean? Or they could say, are they trying to distinguish system on a chip is so important to them that they can't say chip? It like degrades the value of the actual microprocessor? Well, they don't want you thinking it's a Raspberry Pi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they should just call it the iChip. I think I think that. Oh, there no. you go. Oh, oh well done. Oh. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> yeah, I think but that would work. <laughs> now, now, my, now, my other two items uh, in reply is one. I mean, I think, I think they still do this, but Microsoft is like the king of this. Where maybe, maybe at the moment they're kind of getting a little better about this, but for the longest time they would just come up with their own name for things. Like I remember when I was an analyst, every time. I learned a new Microsoft product name. It's kind of like builders. I would have to like do a lot of research to find out that like, oh, okay, this is XML or like, oh, right. <laughs> this is an IDE or like, did, uh, did you ever just ask, you know, their, their analyst, uh, you know, handlers or whatever? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Your brand guide. Oh yeah. no, no, not their brand guide. No, you don't, you don't want to look at that. Now, now that does like, you know, I've encountered working at a much larger company now, a lot of brand stuff recently. And, uh, first of all, listen, if you work at VMware, there's a lot of clip art you can use, right? So there's, we just got piles and piles of clip art. And it's like, it's not, it's not that bullshit at Pixabay where there's like, you know, elfin robot children in a sea of like green binary code. Or, you know, people, people like leaning over tables and touching glass. It's really like, it's really like high quality, good clip art. And it's frequently <laughs> updated. I, I'm when I, I think next week, I don't have a lot going on. I'm just going to block off a couple, like a day and a half to just kind of go through the clip art and gather up ones uh, to use. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to build at least presentation just hanging off the clip art that I find. I'll, I'm going to first put together the slides and then figure out the content uh, that goes for it. Go through and use a different piece of clip art for the background and everything, but set the transparency to like 10%. So it just looks like there's ghosts in the back That's of all good. your slides. That's good. <laughs> or maybe, maybe what I can do is I could upload some, you know, cause usually like if, with pro clip art, there's like 30 pictures of the same group in the same room, like doing different things. And so maybe I could upload all of those to Google Photos and it'll do that, you know, for you thing where it makes some animated GIFs of like these people <laughs> moving around. And that that would be good. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, I, I encounter a lot of brand stuff nowadays. And, you know, it is I think I think I don't know all the VMware brands, but like their brands are pretty straightforward. Not always like any company, but they have a lot of things that are almost like painfully straightforward uh, about what they do. Um. 
but you know, yeah, I, I liked, I liked your third. My third thing is what you're saying is like, I've never really thought of it that way, Brandon, but I think a lot of people who worry about brands assume that I'm stupid. And, and it's just sort of like they, they're trying to use consistency in brand name and the brand name itself to like define part of the product. They're trying to get the effect of like what a Coke or a Pepsi or other big gigantic brands do where like the brand is part of the product and, and what you pay for. But it is like, well, I don't know, man, S Apple Silicon. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> I'm sure it'll take hold because, you know, there's there's so much news for it, but it is uh, weird. It's crazy. It's yeah. weird. All right. Well, the things you need to know, I think, you know, I was trying to figure out what could we bring to this table that hasn't been said about the Apple stuff. I think the only thing we dug into, I dug into a little bit about the virtualization. So it looks like they're going to hypervisor stay in. So that's good. You'll be able to run other stuff. Looks like the part I did not understand was they just sort of quickly said they're working with Docker. So I think that means there will be a native port of Docker to ARM of the Docker desktop tools. They, right? Yeah, they already, like and, this week, Docker already kind of put something out for that where okay. if you have uh docker desktop this is my i haven't tested this yet this is my understanding after reading one blog post <laughs> if you have docker desktop on top of virtualization you can target arm and it'll spin up an arm vm and build your docker image for arm as well right so, so you get you get you know but that's still linux but you know whatever yeah, because they did show they showed um, some Linux, uh, ARM Linux, uh, running on um, in the virtualization layer, and then so I guess it just means that if you want your when you go when you're putting your thing up on Docker Hub, it sounds like you now have a lot more motivation, or you will have a lot more motivation to do the ARM build as well, um, to get but, your uh, but container that up do there for Apple, right? That doesn't really doesn't. do anything for Apple. No, I'm just saying if you're uh, just you, I'm, I'm talking about me, Matt. Because I, if I have one of these Macs that runs ARM, like I want, like, because that's like ninety percent of like, oh, I just want to download this container and try this thing out, and like I want it all to be. So everybody, yeah. So for me, could everyone please go ahead and update your containers to support ARM? So when I get this hmm. this new MacBook, it all works. That's what I want. Well, I'm I uh, hopefully uh, in iCal they'll support like you know three to ten time zones. That's that's pretty much. <laughs> I think I think if they did that, I would stop using BusyCal, and uh, maybe maybe go to. Uh, to, to the Mac calendar. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome if like, cause BusyCal will support two time zones. The Outlook calendar supports three time zones. And I'm like, who the fuck are these people using this? What do they work in? Like, you know, a company in Ohio or something that like doesn't talk to anyone outside of Columbus, like three time zones is not enough. Like I need a lot of time zones and I need to be able to like in the UI, change them according to who I'm talking with. And it's just like, why it's, why it's, can't Apple Sherlock one of these calendar people who do calendars better than them? Uh, I don't know what what they need uh, to do. This is this is my my free M and A advice for uh, for oh, this episode is like what if Apple wants to do that? Just don't buy Fantastical. Now a lot of people love Fantastical, but I am totally opposed to the agenda view of calendaring. I need a visual layout like yes. like it's a day in a month. I don't like I don't like this bullshit where it's just like a list of things. That doesn't work for Agen me. Agenda on the phone, and then everywhere else I, I can handle. I want uh, the week view is what I use. Mm. No, well, I, that's good. That's good. I, I, I somehow managed to do the, the visual thing. I just I just have to think spatially like that. So, yeah, you know, they should just go buy some other thing. But that is, that is like, I need, I need like a, a, 
I need, I need, let's call it the Cosmopolitan calendar app that basically is just like, I got people all over. I got to coordinate with Sydney and Singapore and Austin and New York and like London. Like I need, I need to just like a lot of time zones. That would be fantastic. We could call it, Hey, what's wrong with my calendar? Oh, <laughs> no. I, I mean, I'm sure if the base camp people did it, it would only have like Chicago time. Cause they're, they would be like, why would you be anywhere else? That's, that's well, in- so- incorrect living. Or London. You know, they're like, you know, occasionally we jet over to the, the continent and you're like, you didn't make it all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just go to, they go to London. That's nice. Uh, well, it'll be fun when uh, when the new Apple stuff comes out. I'll have to take a look at it. It'll be complicated, but uh, I, yeah? I've doubled down. <laughs> well, it's going to take a while. And, you know, like I still haven't even upgraded to Catalina, the latest OS, because mm. of the growing pains associated with that. And so, like, I don't know. When I look at what's coming in the Big Sur, you know, the app, Mac OS 11. So no, no, no more of this OS X stuff. It's now 11. And uh, it looks like they just lock stuff down even more. So it's halfway to being, you know, an iPad. Um, I don't know. I, as, a, as a developer, I haven't seen a lot that's compelling. Mm. Yeah. You know, okay. We It's just uh, before we get to uh, the software defined talk bureaucracy and uh, bureaucratic <laughs> moment and recommendations you you just made me realize something is that maybe if someone wants to do this now we have very responsive listeners when it comes to food topics and disambiguating and understanding the cosmopolitan food area we have as many time zones as you want in our food discussions so to speak but you know given the name catalina i'm going to need someone to analyze and tell me the difference between thousand island dressing Russian dressing and Catalina dressing. Cause maybe the Russian dressing has no cream in it. I don't know though. I'm looking at some pictures in Google <laughs> and they all basically look the same. They're all basically <laughs> like pink mayonnaise. So, so, so you're saying somewhere instead of naming their, their stuff after California landmarks, Apple took the initiative to name them after salad dressings. Man, I hope there's like some Jira page somewhere or whatever, <laughs> whatever Apple uses internally and someone has just. They have pictures of Catalina dressing on there. 11.1, the green goddess. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, oh yeah. I think maybe Catal- Catalon- Catalina Catalina dressing maybe doesn't have mayonnaise. Hard to tell. I don't know. Yeah. No, it has ketchup in it? No. No. <sighs> Can we make a ruling and then we'll move on that the there, there are only two acceptable use, three acceptable uses of ketchup? Ketchup as ketchup. Ketchup. Quay ketchup, as they say, cocktail sauce, and then meatloaf. But other than that, you can't use ketchup. It's not allowed. There's no ketchup in tacos. There's no ketchup in salad dressing. Oh, uh, my! <laughs> one of my children loves ketchup, and they put, would put it on a taco. Yeah, tonight we had we had a rotisserie <laughs> chicken from from the Vomar. Vomar, I think is Vomar is like you know you want to go to H E B. Or you want to go to Albert Hein here, but then you end up at like a uh, at an Albertsons or or a Vomar. It's sort of like a just regionally kind of a weird place. They have no self checkout there, which means I have to talk to people, which is Oof. just rough. Out uh, your Dutch, yeah, not not good, <laughs> not good. Uh, but I got a rotisserie chicken there, and Kim cut it up into little bits, and then my son was dipping it in ketchup, which. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do about that. Meat gets ketchup. That's how it works. Yeah. Speaking speaking of uh, ketchup, 
do we have any any feedback or uh, news from the listeners, Brandon? Um, just a couple things. We got a nice picture of uh, the software defined talk sticker on a, hel- a bike helmet we talked about last week. So go to the Instagram, check it out. You can see it. Uh, if you want a sticker, this is all I got to do. Send me your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com, and I'll be happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. And because this episode is almost over, if you haven't already listened to it and you're looking for something else, you can just page back in your feed. You can listen to this week's interview that I did with Brian Gracely. We talk all about OpenShift and what's happening over there in the world of Red Hat, and he gives us the details on, on what you need to know. So check it out. Let me know if you like that interview. That's a good interview. He's he's uh, good. He's he's uh he's pretty open about all sorts of things. I like his his recounting of the Cisco days. That was fun. Whatever happened to that Lou guy? Is he still around somewhere? I remember seeing him out on the circuits everywhere. That that was fun. Hmm. But yeah, you should check out that interview. Uh, also, you know, there's 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 many conferences online. Of note, the uh, the KubeCon, which was going to be here in Amsterdam, I would have been able to take like a. 15, 20 minute bike ride. Although this time, well, no, in August, it'd probably be fine, but, uh, it's going to be online now. It's, uh, August 17th and 20th. We also have our, uh, a spring one platform is going to be online. If you go to spring one platform.com. And, uh, I just saw that VM world is, uh, online as well. Now, I don't think they're going to get Reggie Watts, but it'll probably be <laughs> a good event. You know, but if they did, they could probably keep the recording. <laughs> oh, oh, you couldn't keep the recording. No, no, it was time. Oh. It was it was oh. it was a live performance lost oh. to the ether. Oh man, oh. there's no bootlegs. Sad. Sad. Well, I'm not saying there's not a bootleg. I'm just saying <laughs> we we can't distribute it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh well, you know, and if you want it, you should join our Slack. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash Slack, you don't have to uh use Slack Connect. We don't pay fifteen dollars a user a month. It's all just free and you can sign up without uh Slack friction. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we always need more people in there to uh, uh, suggest things and uh, have have good chats and stuff. So with that, this week, Matt Ray, what do you have to recommend? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, you're talking about the, the cool Keith and, and the older uh, hip hop. Um, I've been listening to uh, a lot of uh, older hip hop, I guess. Um, I... I've uh, been listening to uh, a group called uh, The Coup. Um, they had a couple albums uh, out. I think they're still around, but uh, I think the main guy now is a, uh, he's a director, writer. He did uh, th- uh thank you for, jeez. Oh, anyway, um, The Coup, Party Music, that's my pick. Uh, came out in 2001. Um, you know, just, uh, uh, <laughs> sadly, it feels very timeless. Um as, as far as hip hop albums go, you know, talk about the, the old, a lot of the common themes that we're seeing today. So nothing's changed. I bet they don't talk about space, man. Only, only one, <laughs> only one person talks about space. That is not true. Ah, oh. do not forget about Delta Funky Homo Sapien. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How about how about uh, how about cross country truck driving? I bet there's only one person who talks about cross country truck driving. <laughs> There's only one who talks about both, and might might have <laughs> might have a whole album dedicated to the concept of cross country truck driving. Amazing! Yes, I should yes. I should find that. Maybe that's I the. I know what I'm listening to. <laughs> <laughs> How about yourself, Brandon? What do you have to uh, recommend this week? 
Uh, I was going to recommend just two episodes of different podcasts that caught my eye this week or caught my ear. One is The Data Coach. It's uh, an episode of Against the Rules with Michael Lewis. He wrote Moneyball and written a bunch of books, but I really liked it. It was basically this. He did a whole season on coaching, but this um, I like this idea of this episode. He just sort of kind of makes makes the idea of coaching a lot simpler, like just give, in this case, athletes access to data so they kind of know what they're doing wrong and then they'll figure it out. Versus like active coaching, like yelling at them, telling them to do better. You know, it's, I thought it was kind of simple, but also not something that I see actually shown a lot. So I thought it was interesting, interesting episode. And then the other one was um, there's this, I had not followed it much, but there's this company, Wirecard, that's like in the middle of all this accounting and uh, issues. But there was this real interesting episode of Invisibilia where uh, somebody that was shorting the company, uh, Wirecard, was uh, basically went through and was being like digitally attacked and harassed. And it was at least they think potentially by Wirecard. And so it was interesting to hear the whole story of who was doing it and how sophisticated it was like getting, you know, hundreds of, if you will, spear phishing uh, emails a day. Right. So if you make one mistake, right. On any of these. Um, so it was really interesting to listen to it and like how much, just how hard it was for this person and how hard it made their lives. So sometimes, you forget like how, how dangerous technology can be. So they're both both interesting episodes. So if you're looking for stuff to listen to, check it out. Now, now if I listen to this data coaching one or data coaching, how do, how do I say it? Data, data. Is one of them a, a, an Android and one of them is like information? I think I think it's you can say it either. Okay. You, it's up to you. Now, data coach is what I say. Now, if I listen to this data coach, is it going to give me tips on how to get my kids to get the fuck to school on time? Because... Because like the, you know, t- you need telling- to show them recordings of their performance, waking up in the morning and getting their stuff together. And they're like, here, here, you could have shaved 10 seconds off your hand washing. If we're going to we're going to go watch the videos at the end of the day before bedtime. Yes. We'll sit down and review the tapes. Is that is that what they call it? Reviewing the tapes? There's some phrase, right? Tapes don't lie. Tapes don't lie, Cote. But but I, f- I feel like I feel like I am at I am at the the bottom of the barrel, the end of my rope. I'm trying to figure out how to motivate the. Uh, so I'm the trying kids. to think. Like, so that the episode is mostly around. They use pitching as an example of that. Like what? So I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how the analogy is. But you know what? What he? What this coach? The one they talk about a lot. He figured out a way to just test raw arm speed. How fast does the arm go? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just an indication of like, okay, you have raw arm speed. You could probably be a great pitcher. And then they test like actually throwing the baseball. And so when they find these huge differences, what he found was just telling somebody, hey, you have this really fast arm speed, but you're doing something wrong. Like it's not it's not translating. And then you just let them practice on their own and they kind of figure it out. Right. Versus like, hey, hold your elbow up or in. Right. They just said he says like they'll figure it out on their own once they kind of see this. Right. And huh. giving them the data. So I don't know. I mean, like trying to uh, like leaving school. So that your problem is leaving for school on time. Oh, that oh that, issue, that's right? just one of them. I, I think I think uh-huh. in general, it's like, you know, doing what you're at. I, I want to transition from being upset that they're they're not doing what they're told to do to they are motivated to do what they are asked mm-hmm. to do. All right. Well, I do find as I don't know, the parenting side, like I have found. I do. I think I, oh, I guess in this case, we overparent. Like just something simple, like you give your son a night or whatever, get, hey, cut this in half or go get this. If you, it is hard not to say something when you just see they're doing it wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, or you yeah. think, they're, or they're doing it in an inefficient way. But I have seen, like, when I've been able to do this, and I'll say a lot, when I've been able to just, like, tie your shoes is a good one. Yes. Right? When you just say tie your shoes and you just walk away, give no advice, right? Like, once they understand the basic things, don't say anything, right? Like, 
Yeah. It's just yeah. wait. They'll figure it out, right? Um, but I but I, having said that, much easier said than done, right? Because yeah. I, I don't know how many times I catch myself. You're like, you're doing it wrong or it's doing it the slow way or just do it like this. But it would be better if you just let them figure it out and yeah. then they will get good at it. They will get good at tying shoes, cutting sandwiches or whatever it else is you want them to do. Yeah. You know, you know I, I, I even tried to like draw out a timeline and be like, you are here in the timeline. Right. <laughs> and like we got to like, I don't know, we somehow get to school on time every day. It's just like it's just like the way we're going about it doesn't is is uh, it's not fun. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like to close it out. It's also sort of like the idea of like, I don't think if the child is, is crying about doing homework, then you're doing homework wrong. However, the homework will, will also be wrong if you don't do mm -hmm. it. Right. Like it's just, and then, and then PS, he goes to a school where they quote unquote, don't have homework. So All right. what, what, you know, All right. no, Kote, what about this? I, I want you to try this. <laughs> what have you just said? We leave for school every day. I'm going to try to apply it to, okay, whatever uh -huh. your time is, 7.30, uh -huh. whatever your, yeah. your, your, it's like, we leave for school every day at 7.30. So at 7.30, you need to be down here. And if you don't, like, whatever you don't, if you're not ready, we just go like that. Right? I, so I like it. So you have shoes on, you go to school without the shoes, it's fine. And you just say, it's like, fine, go to school without shoes, you go to school without the backpack, you don't have the lunch, whatever the, you know, whatever's preventing it. It's like, you go in your pajamas, it's just like, we just leave at 7.30. And you're yeah. just saying... And then, and up to them, you're just like, figure it out. Like if you if you just say like, I'll help you if you need help or you need to know what to do, let me know. But we're leaving at 7:30. Doesn't matter what you you look like or if you're ready. That's when it leaves. And you don't even make it a big deal. You're just like, oh, it's time to leave. And you just deliver them, probably missing something. And if you probably did it just a couple times, where they like maybe like didn't have the shoes or something, it would probably work out. Would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like I like that the the notion of like like uh, uh, cheerful shaming. Where where it's just like oh well you just you just go to uh, you go to school without shoes because you didn't want shoes right yeah I like that I'm I'm gonna call that like John Irving parenting like you know kind of like the the Hotel New Hampshire where it's just like it's like it's like the non creepy version of running with scissors right where it's just like you know free range uh, parenting going on there um, I'll... no shoes for Cormac yeah I think I I, I like this idea though I ha I have thought I have thought. That whenever Cormac and I reach an, or, or or not so much my daughter because she's six, but whenever whenever my son and I reach an accord about something, like you know, if we do this, you will not be able to do this. I need to take a video testimonial so that when he complains about it, I could play the video back to him and mm -hmm. and show that he has agreed to that. But I but you I, could be strategic, Cody. I mean, this uh, is another parenting thing: arbitrarily enforcing the rules. You could just pick a day. Where it's like he's not really missing something that is like would be like widely ostracized for like like shoes, mm -hmm. but like he's missing something he really cares about, but it won't really be noticed to anybody else. And that's the day you're like, well, we just leave at seven thirty, and they like he doesn't get to bring the book or the special thing he yeah. wanted or whatever, yeah. and then he misses it, but it's not like a big deal, right? Like I don't like this idea. Like to your point, like when people are like, oh, public shaming, the kid's gonna show up without a shirt and look stupid, you know? It's like it can go too far, but if you can just like, oh, this will be the moment where he'll miss it. And it'll register with him, but won't really be that catastrophic, right? So yeah. I don't know. That would be another idea. That's probably why I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll think about this. And in the meantime, I'll just ground him from his iPad when he doesn't do what I say. I think. <laughs> Always good. What did, what did, <laughs> when in doubt, just take away technology. Yeah. It works for me. Uh, it, it, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Those damn video games. Well, anyways, 
My recommendation this week is something that at first didn't work for me. I, I went way past the return window, and so I thought, what the hell? I'll just plug it in and see if it still works. And that is this webcam that I got called the Razer, Razer, R-A-Z-E-R, uh, Kio. Now, apparently they make a bunch of these, uh, you know, fancy gamer things, but it's, it's, uh, it's like a, a very high definition. I don't know if that's the word people use nowadays. So I'm using it right now. It's a very high definition thing with a little ring light on it. And it has a built-in mic, but I, I mean, I'm not an animal. I would never use the mic built into a webcam. That would be insane. Uh, but it's nice and it plugs into a Mac and it just sort of works. It's, uh, I think it's pretty good quality. Now it has two problems. There is no like software for the Mac. Like when I initially got it back in maybe March, it just didn't work with the Mac at all. And for some reason now it works, I think. But like there's no software, so you can't go in and like muck with the settings or, or that kind of stuff. Which leads to the second problem is it's like really hyper over on autofocusing. So like, I don't know if you, you all have noticed, but like it'll just like randomly, like if I move just a little bit, it'll try to like refocus or something. So I really, you know... I need some setting where I can just be like, stop trying to focus. <laughs> like, just don't be helpful. But I think it's also like maybe like $80 or maybe that's 80 euros, whatever. But it's a, it's a nice little web camera and it's not too shabby. So uh, with that, as always, this has been softwaredefinedtalk.com. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 243. You can see all sorts of past episodes. Find that interview with Brian. All sorts of good things. Uh, you know, and if you don't want to subscribe to this uh, in your RSS, RSS-enabled RSS podcast subscription thing, that's fine. You don't have to wear shoes, and I'm going to ground you from your iPad. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Every morning I wake up looking in the mirror. I am the original Black Elvis That's right, when you see me With my wig to the side Wearing my short leather jacket Marilyn Monroe on my back I'm living that life I'm for real with this That's what I think about I like to tell my fans I got my shades on, big rock star compared to Elvis Signing autographs for rappers while girls move their pelvis Write songs quickly for Elton John or Lionel Richie Call up my butler, get clothes washed by the maid I resoak, this is clean, feel like Cascade I count the bills, roll through Detroit and sit down the bills I throw my scully on, vehicle like Marvin Gaye Step in the front row, prime time I move your way But while the fest sound check, demanding your respect I come correct to the metro and turn your petrol I'm up real early, biting donuts, sipping on espresso while you sleep, I creep, gaining ground by the week Ampex reels, making phone calls, I'm closing deals I move with skill, ride through Philly streets and Cherry Hill I'm doing it well, I'm doing it swell Yeah Flying saucers, spaceships move at warp speed MTV level 3 when I fly on BET Living astro, tell me how you feel One, two, one, two 
Moving roughly, straight to the desert, San Antonio. I talk swift, the rock king, black Romeo. I pack clubs with motors, book me out in Tokyo. Damage your area, I'ma launch a fierce missile. I roast fools, moving butt like I'm taller tissue. What is your issue? You over, man, I don't miss you. Scotty Soft, you play like Jan Van Brittaclaw. New Jersey Nets, real man, you ain't no Donald Hillman. Boy, head like Slick Watts, I run rap like Mayor Koch. Forward your info, why Tony Lou break the benzo? Move out your driveway, why girls look, turn their eye away. Jealous, in fact, trying to rip the capes off my back. I move with time and potential through instrumentals. Y'all front on BET with slum gold, driving rentals. I get real dino, running groups like a rhino. Ending careers, that's my job, yo, your rap is final. Cancel your in-stores, your new job is mopping floors. Fixing tiles, stopping potholes up on the roof. You work for service, no tips, man, I speak the truth. Catch me, baby, catch me, baby, catch me, baby. Flying saucers, spaceships move at warp speed. MTV level three when I fly on BET. Living Astro, tell me how you feel. One, two, one, two. Flying saucers, spaceships move at warp speed. MTV level three when I fly on BET. Living Astro, tell me how you feel. One, two, one, two, one, two. Pull your hoods down. I bum rush your after party. Have your manager scared. The radio station stands sorry. Pack your bags. I move my luggage through the Coliseum. Infinite prime piece with statues in the Rock Museum. Changing my zones, drinking cocktails on cellular phones. I tour with Anthrax through Texas with the Rolling Stones. Booked by the agency, famous artists paying me. Hotels with fly rooms with sneakers staring at the moon. Mad atmosphere, ride first class on British Air. Lobster and steak while y'all back in time do a remix. I'm futuristic, nine nine to the year four thousand. I make announcements, drop skills, then I bounce with fly young ladies, AMG kids, 2000 Mercedes, brand new models, only seen one in Colorado. Like green metallic in the shark bar, eating salad. Lorenzo Wills, valet park, shopping in Beverly Hills. Step up your wild, a spaceship kid in the Plymouth Prowler. Coming down. Flying saucers, spaceships move at warp speed. MTV level three when I fly on BT, living astro.